stream us live or listen to past podcasts 24-7 at LVSportsNetwork.com. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. It is a Monday beautiful Monday uh, here in Las Vegas. Just a uh, stunningly beautiful day uh, here in the Valley, um, Las Vegas. And uh, big news this weekend. Uh, first of all, you're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And uh, we'd love to have your call, 702-365-9200, talking about a lot of different things. Uh, by the way, got a chance to talk to Tanner Muse today. I have a story um, about Tanner running in Las Vegas Review Journal on Wednesday, uh, it's looking like. Um, and Tanner is raring to go. Um, the, the toe is, is good to go. Um, uh, it killed him <laughs> not being out there with his brothers last year, uh, but he's, he's, he can't wait to get on the field uh, and to start showing Raider Nation um, you know, what he's all about as a player. He stayed in Las Vegas pretty much this whole year, uh, going all the way back to last year when he got here. So uh, he hasn't moved an inch. Uh, he keeps He's working out religiously uh, over at the facility. He got a chance to go get some running in. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I think he, he, he said, um, out on the, uh, at, at the field at the facility in Henderson, uh, he's ready to go, has had some great conversations uh, with Richard Smith, the new linebacker coach, Gus Bradley, the new defense coordinator, about um, you know where he is, what they want from him, uh, what they expect from him, and he's raring to go. So another name to, to throw into that linebacker uh, mix, not sitting here saying that he's going to be uh, a starter, but you look at his film uh, at Clemson, playing safety and how he was flying around the field. Uh, obviously, looking at the body, he definitely projected to be a linebacker in the NFL. That was always the plan, which is why he got some time at linebacker at Clemson toward the end of his career there. Uh, but a guy that, you know, the Raiders invested a third-round pick in uh, him last year. He's a kind of a forgotten man because of injuries, uh, but that doesn't mean that he can't play. And, and kind of a blessing in disguise uh, uh, talking to Tanner because uh, the toe was something that had been – you know, uh, always bugging him a little bit. Uh, and and uh, they always kind of called it turf toe, he just tell me, uh, in, in college. And, um, you know, he knew eventually that it, was, it was probably going to have to get dealt with uh, at some point. Uh, but it really didn't start rearing its ugly head in a big way until training camp last year. And he got on the field, and it just wasn't the same. And I, I told him, I was like, you know, I'm over there watching you during practice, and uh, you just – I I, I I knew something was going on, you know, uh, and he's like, you know, he, and, you know, he kind of laughed. He's like, uh, you know, I knew what was going on. Uh, the coaches were coming up to me and like, you know, asking like, what's what's the deal here? You know, because uh, he wasn't as explosive, uh, not nearly as explosive as he looked in, in college. And, and um, like you can usually tell I've been around long enough that, um, yeah, obviously he was thinking a little bit out there making the position switch from safety to, to the NFL. But there were other things that I was looking at, which led me to believe he just doesn't look right physically. And I've uh, been around long enough where you can tell the difference. And sure enough, you know, wasn't shocked when I found out that he had a pretty serious toe injury and they tried to shoot it up uh, and, and tried to see if that was going to get it fixed and, and, and settle it down a little bit and maybe deal with it a little bit later on so he could at least get through this season. But it just that didn't work. So he had to undergo surgery and, uh, 
and and now he's good and uh, he's raring to go. So uh, we'll get into the conversation that I had with with Tanner uh, in just a little bit. Uh, still want to talk about the signing of Carl Joseph, uh, the safety, uh, doing some investigative look into uh, into all that uh, on a couple of different fronts. Uh, has played more free safety than than we probably remember. Um, I think I had it at over three thousand snaps, I believe, uh, or fifteen hundred snaps in his career at free safety, uh, including uh, it was over over three hundred last year uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Um, so he definitely has uh, free safety in his uh, box of tools if it comes to that, where he's going to have to play free safety uh, on a full-time basis. In fact, his, his one interception last year uh, came while he was playing free safety. Uh, now, uh, I have to uh, put a qualifier on that. It was Dwayne Haskins uh, who made one of the most, if you watch that tape, he just makes a horrible read <laughs> on the play. So, uh, you know, Carl Joseph was absolutely doing his job, and he, he read the play correctly, but I don't know what Dwayne Haskins was looking at, seeing, thinking, whatever the case might be, but it was a junior high throw and read uh, that he made on that play, and it was just an easy interception for Carl Joseph. But the point was, he was playing that deep center field, single high safety that's kind of a, uh, a, a staple of what Gus Bradley does uh, with his defensive alignment. So Carl Joseph has that in his repertoire. Uh, however, uh, doing some other investigative work, uh, the signing of Carl Joseph... Uh, will not preclude the Raiders from, uh, you know, if, if there's somebody that they like in that draft, and I suspect that there's a couple of them uh, at free safety, doesn't doesn't preclude them from making that pick. I don't think Carl is going to be the long-range answer uh, at free safety, or not maybe not even necessarily the short-range uh, answer at free safety. I think he's a depth player, a guy that's going to get in there and play a lot of football because teams these days do play uh, alignments where there's three safeties on the field. Um, so I think that uh, you'll see him in a bunch of various different roles. He could be insurance, uh, just in case Jonathan Abram you know, isn't playing up to par, uh, or if uh, whoever they bring in at free safety, let's just go and say that it's going to be a rookie. If the rookie's not ready to go, you've got Carl Jer- Joseph uh, as insurance uh, and not a bad insurance policy whatsoever. And as we talked about uh, last week, um, as it relates to Kenyon Drake and why that was such a shrewd signing, um, you know, you're, you're playing 17 games now. And I know, you know, it's easy to look at that and just say, well, it's just one more than the 16 it was last year or has been for all these years. Yes, it's just one more. But understand how taxing just playing 16 games is and the injury level uh, that's associated with that. How many times? Josh Jacobs hasn't been able to get through a full season uh, yet (laughs) healthy. He just hasn't. Uh, And rarely does anybody get through a season completely healthy. That's almost uh, an anomaly uh, when you're talking about complete health in the NFL in week 16. Heck, guys are dealing with stuff day one (laughs) uh, right after training camp. But um, so, so, so much of what the Raiders and a lot of other teams are doing too are, um, is about is depth, especially with 17 games. Um, you look at a lot of the young players that are on this team, um, these, these first and second year players, uh, now guys that are going into the third year, their bodies should be ready to go now. They know what, what, what it's all about, but go back to last year with all the rookies that were out on the field. And just keep in mind that most rookie, most college seasons um, end right around Thanksgiving. And if you're lucky enough to get into the conference championship game a week later, so the first week of December. Now, most good teams go on uh, to play in a bowl game or at least one or two more games if you're fortunate enough to make the championship game. 
you play two more games after that, but that's like a month away. So it's almost like a whole new year. You get a month to be able to recuperate. Uh, so you're talking about players in college whose season essentially ends in November, uh, late November, first week of December. Uh, for the fortunate ones that go to a bowl game, um, you're getting a minimum of two weeks off, basically, to be able to rest and recuperate. And you play one more game, you know, if you're in the, you know, whatever, the the Motor City Bowl or, you know, you, you go play that game. Uh, or, you know, uh, if you're not in the rotation for the Rose Bowl or the Orange Bowl. And then for the really, really good teams, there's four of them each year get to play, and two of them get to play in a semifinal game, and two of them get to play in a semifinal game and a final game. So you do the math. That's a far, a far cry from playing the 16 games that you do in the regular season of the NFL, now 17 games. And if you're fortunate enough to make the playoffs, a season ends can end, you know, uh, and this year it will end. February thirteenth. <laughs> you know, that's I think that's the that's the day of the Super Bowl is right around there, February thirteenth. So so again, do the math on that and understand that this is a lot of games, especially for your younger players. Um and so having depth now is really, really, really critical. Um and and uh and, and so a lot of what the Raiders are doing this offseason is because of is 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 to build up that depth. We saw it on the defensive line. We've seen it now at wide receiver. Obviously, Kenyon Drake um, coming in is 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 part of that plan. And and all of the guys that we're talking about, Kenyon Drake, you know, John Brown, Willie Sneed, they're going to get extensive playing time. And Kenyon Drake, make no mistake, uh, is going to be a staple of this offense. He's not some one trick you know, uh, specialist or, or, you know, just back up to, to Josh Jacobs, you might as well just put him in there as running back one B. Um, he's going to get injuries aside. He's going to get extensive playing time. He's going to be a big part of this offense. Uh, but when you have him and Josh Jacobs, now you can kind of split the bit on both of them in order to keep both of them as healthy uh, as possible throughout the course of the season. Uh, same with the wide receiver. Um, you know, talking to Tanner Muse, he was like, you know, it, it, here's what Tanner Muse told me, that, which is for a young player to say this, it was such an astute um, uh, observation. He goes, this isn't like college. He goes, what, he goes, what hurt most was for him not playing. Um, a lot of things hurt most, but this really struck with me and, and talks about the importance of depth and the importance of being strong from 1 to 53. And I know everyone gets all up in arms thinking that they're capologists and know how the salary cap works. Who cares? They, the teams work around the salary cap. You, 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 put, you, you get as many good players as you possibly can from 1 to 53, and I'll tell you why. And this is what... Um, you know, Tanner was talking about. He goes, "This isn't like college where you got a hundred guys, uh, uh, you know, at any given time in your program, or eighty. I forget what it is now, but it's a lot. You know, it's like two, three different teams of of starting players. Um, and so, if guys get hurt, uh, you know, you're able to rotate another guy in there, and another guy in there, another. Well, yeah, there's only fifty three guys <laughs> on an NFL roster, and then you know, six or seven dudes on a on a on a on a practice squad." Uh, so everybody counts. If you're on that roster, 
everything, everybody counts, and and you're going to have to get relied upon on some point at some point because of injuries. And and he, you know, as Tanner was saying, he goes, there were weeks where we'd have. He goes, I'm just watching it from afar, but there were weeks where you know our our two safeties couldn't get in the building or couldn't practice because of COVID uh, protocols, and you know, uh, and so somebody had to step up and take their jobs uh, for a little while, hang hang, you know, uh, and, and practice, and then go play. Um, so it's not again. It's not like college where you you have like this almost unlimited amount of players to get through a season in football. It's fifty three guys, and you have to get through a sixteen game season. And you, you know, obviously, sometimes guys go on the injured reserve, so you bring somebody up or sign somebody. Um, we get it, but at any given time, <laughs> it's fifty three guys, and everybody, every one of those players is an important part. Uh, or piece of that puzzle, because invariably your number is going to get uh, called. So um, having depth, having you know, uh, being as strong as possible from one to three at any um, particular position is really important. Uh, now more so than ever with seventeen guys. So when you see see the Raiders or anybody else for that matter doubling up at a position, why are you, why are we signing Kenyon Drake? Huh, we've got Josh. Hey, it's a long season, and uh, yes, there's there's other needs that need to get filled, but they're not forsaking other positions uh, just to have luxury at, uh, at at a different at another position. They're trying to build as much depth with quality players as they possibly can, and just because they haven't reached out and signed multiple defensive backs doesn't mean a that they don't have their eye on somebody and will at some point. Uh, or B that they don't have a plan for it. Um, you know, when you start talking about the draft, that's a big part of it too. Um, what what it really says is they're not going to rush or overpay or get get um, uh, desperate at a position if they just don't feel like that player is 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 valued to them. So that's really what it's saying. It's not they're neglecting anything. It's just that they're sizing up the uh, you know, w- w- let's say free safety. They're sizing up the players in, in free agency, and, and they probably have a dollar value of what um, what they believe uh, anyone that's out there that they're interested in is worth. They're not going to budge uh, off of that, and now it's up to the player to decide, you know, whether or not uh, they want to be a part of it. And I'm just I'm not saying that that's for sure, but chances are. Uh, and then also slash that and say, but also there's a draft, and there's guys in the draft. I'm sure. Uh, that they have their eye on and feel can come in uh, early in the in the process uh, and be able to um, you know contribute and so uh, that to me is is really important to keep in mind uh, and and depth is going to be so important I think this year more than ever because of uh, the 17 games that they the added game that they've uh, that they put on the schedule it's it's more significant than you, than you think. Because uh, by the time you get to December, teams are tired uh, and it's taxing, and guys are gutting, gutting through it, and getting through it, and trying to you know get through that finish line. Uh, now you add another game to that race, and it makes it even more daunting, which makes it even more important to have uh, quality depth because you're going to have to tap into that depth. And there's going to be ways that coaches have to look at this and approach this in terms of managing it so that guys get through. The course of the season as fresh as possible. So you, when you look at that defensive line, best believe there's going to be a major rotation going on on that defensive line. Uh, and we've talked about it before, uh, not just to make sure that come the fourth quarter when it's critical time, 
you want to have your best players out there uh, as much as possible, but also at the most optimal level possible. And to do that, you need to cut some corners during the during the uh, other parts of the game, uh, and in order to, for them so that they're uh, more fresh by the end of the game. And the only way you can do that with a clear conscience and a clear mind uh, and not having a heart attack or an anxiety attack over on the sideline is making sure whoever you're replacing that player with in order to give them some rest time can come in and give you quality snaps and not just be a body out there. Obviously, um, you're gonna there's gonna be a step back usually from your starter to your to your backup, but you don't want it to be like this falling off a cliff to where this guy uh, who's coming in there um, isn't isn't gonna be capable of of giving you good quality minutes. So that's why, to me, the Raiders invested like they did on the defensive line for that's one specific reason why they have uh, some other news that happened uh, this week this weekend, and uh, I'm really fired up about this. Uh, it looks like, based on what we're hearing now, that a uh, very good chance, and we're all keeping our fingers crossed and knocking on wood and all that good luck stuff, uh, that Allegiant Stadium is going to be running at full capacity come football season. Uh, and how great would that be? Uh, how do you know that, Vinny? Well, over the weekend, in case you missed it, and I know people get out and about during the weekend, especially with all this beautiful weather, uh, but there was an event here in Las Vegas um, the Raiders and uh, MGM, one of the obviously the big uh, hospitality companies uh, out here, uh, and and their MGM's CEO Bill Hornbuckle uh, um, was talked to the media, and they talked about Allegiant Stadium and uh, the hopes for it, and he was really really optimistic and hopeful. Uh, that come this fall, Allegiant Stadium is going to be running at full capacity. MGM and all the other hospitality companies are, are working with the governor, Steve Sisolak, uh, to formulate a plan um, to get us in a good spot so that that's going to happen, uh, that, that Allegiant Stadium uh, is going to be able to be open to 100% capacity. Uh, and obviously, that's going to be dependent on you know vaccinations, uh, all the numbers with COVID-19, and uh, it, it seems to be trending in the right direction. And Bill Hornbuckle um, you know, basically said that by July, we should have a much better idea, but it sure is looking like uh, we're getting closer and closer uh, to that becoming a reality. And, and here's Bill Hornbuckle uh, out at the event today. I think um, I'm hoping uh, DeMond has, has this uh, queued up, but here's Bill Hornbuckle, the CEO uh, of MGM uh, Resorts, um, talking about the possibility that uh, Allegiant Stadium is going to be open uh, to 100% capacity come the fall. I know this fall we're going to have a full stadium for the Raiders. And so, you know, a huge part of the community, huge part of our future is sports and the whole idea of it. And so, um, you know, doing our part to make sure we can fill these venues is, you know, we'll do everything we can. The governor is working on it. Um, I think very soon we're going to begin to see the, hopefully the next stage. You know, we're all watching, obviously, uh, what happens in the community in terms of infection rates and ultimately what happens in the ICU ward. Um, but all that being said, trending in the right direction. We've been under 5% now for the last uh, couple of weeks. And so, um, you know, I think we're getting there. Um, I think it'll be a couple more stages, but I'm hoping by July 4th weekend, the community is at a place where we can just do what we do uh, normally and, and have some fun. Uh, we're going to take a break here in just a second, but uh, we're going to circle back to this because it's important on so many different levels for Allegiant Stadium, and I'm going to get into um, all the reasons why and all and, and, and why somebody like 
MGM and the Sands Corporation and all the other um, you know, uh, hotel and hospitality service uh, companies here um, have a lot uh, at, in stake in Allegiant Stadium and all the other venues around town being open to full capacity uh, here soon. We'll talk about it in just uh, a little bit when we come back. And also, I want your calls, 702-365-9200. We just went through a football season where basically no fans uh, were allowed in stadium. Yeah, there are a few around the country where you know you get 10,000 or so uh, into the into the stadium. But it wasn't what it has been in the past. It was there was something missing all year long. Every stadium that I went to, it felt like a mausoleum uh, and a ghost town, and it, and it, it wasn't cool. Um, and and so I'm I'm looking forward to fans coming back. But I'm asking you guys, uh, Raider Nation, to give us a call at seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. What's the what's the thing that you missed most about not going to games? What's the thing that you look forward to uh, most about going to games? And will Allegiant Stadium? Uh, be that home field advantage that the Raiders are hoping that it's going to be and expecting it to be. Uh, what are your expectations for a big game, 65,000 strong uh, at that stadium? What are your expectations of what Allegiant Stadium can be for the Raiders? You're in the huddle with any Bonson here brought to you by Tequila and Bajara. gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Getting on my soapbox here in a little bit. That's not what leadership is all about. Leadership is about doing the right thing for the right reason. And uh, even if it comes at the expense of your own uh, numbers, your political numbers, uh, your popularity numbers, all of those things, sometimes you got to go with what you know is right, not what you're trying to do to secure more votes. And unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of cases of uh, leaders that do that, the latter I'm talking about, and not the former, what Governor Steve Sisolak did. And uh, I, th- I thought his leadership has been uh, as strong and as sound uh, as it possibly can be. Nobody wanted to close uh, the strip. Nobody wanted to close the state Um uh, who would who who in their right mind would want to uh, do something like that and stop with all the conspiracy theorists? Not welcome on this show. Uh, that's just nonsense um, and stupidity, basically. Uh, what he had to make some tough decisions, and he made those tough decisions. And ultimately, uh, whether being able to open Allegiant Stadium one hundred percent or not is going to be his call, uh, based on the information that he has. But it sure is looking hopeful uh, that that we're going to be in a place where uh, come football season um, and hopefully in August when the preseason comes around, don't forget the Raiders will have one preseason game this year at home, uh, two on the road because they're getting the extra home game being an AFC team. They're going to get, get, get that extra home game at home against the Chicago Bears at Allegiant Stadium. So by virtue of that, they're going on the road twice uh, during the uh, during the during the preseason, uh, but we're all hopeful um, that that when the season uh, kicks off, it's going to be sixty five thousand strong at Allegiant Stadium. And I wanted to to ask the fans, uh, what's the thing that you missed most about going to games last year? What's the thing that you look forward to most 
uh, hopefully coming back um, come uh, football season. And to the to Raider Nation that's not here in Las Vegas, uh, and Raider Nation is absolutely growing by leaps and bounds uh, here locally, and uh, a lot of fans uh, are season ticket holders here. Uh, but there's also a strong contingency of season ticket holders elsewhere, Los Angeles, the Bay Area, uh, even beyond that. And there's also fans that are going to, uh, you know, come rolling in on a weekend, get their tickets through, you know, uh, second, you know, uh, third party um, options, uh, the 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 off market uh, options, and um, and and want to make a weekend out of out of out of here. Sometimes they're going to be fans of the other team. Uh, let's just say that uh, I come from Los Angeles. Uh, if you go to a Dodger game against the Mets, there's always going to be a lot of Met fans there. That's just the way it is. It's part of the LA story. It's going to be part of the Las Vegas story because people want to come here. People have moved here, so you're going to have a whole cross section doesn't make it right or wrong it's just part of who we are here now in Las Vegas uh, and it's a destination city and so you're going to have a cross section of a bunch of different fans but two Raider Nation out there are you making plans to come out to Las Vegas and and what's the first thing and the thing that you miss most um uh you know about going to games real quick let's go to Joe uh, in Los Angeles he wants to talk about Allegiant Stadium he wants to talk about uh you know coming out here to a, to a game hopefully how you doing Joe I'm good. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, so I look forward to this fall coming. Um, you know, the great thing is that we have nine home games, and if you count L.A., that's ten, because I've always went to the Carson <laughs> yes. game. And you know as well as I do, that I, that's a Raider crowd. I mean, we, we just take over. And so I'm looking forward to that. Now, let me ask you this. I, I unfortunately had COVID, and it took me a real long time to recover. And so it was touch and go for a while. My concern is that precaution, I mean, I know there will be precautions. What are your thoughts uh, maybe since it is a private organization and they could do whatever they want in terms of the NFL restrictions or what have you, having people show up that have gotten the vaccine? And I don't know, that's probably not even feasible because of a lot of uh, uh, concerned whether or not people want to take the vaccine or not, but I think that would be an added step. As you know, Disneyland is opening. They have real strict restrictions for anybody coming in, and I'm assuming they will as well when the uh, stadiums open up. But I do look forward to coming to a game, and just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, and you know, when you say um, you know private, um, when when you when you say pri- private, it's not re- the stadium itself uh, is run uh, by this essentially the state of Nevada. Um, there's a uh, the Las Vegas Stadium Authority is who technically owns the stadium. Uh, so um, every precaution is going to be taken. Everything is going to be looked at. This is going to be d- done above board, and it's going to be done uh, with all due diligence uh, put forth. And um, so this isn't most stadiums, to be honest with you. Uh, I think this kind of gets lost uh, in translation. But most stadiums aren't owned by the uh, NFL owner of the team. Stan Kroenke owns... Uh, essentially owns um, SoFi Stadium, but he's one of the few uh, around the league. Even Jerry Jones doesn't own it. I think it's the city of uh, Arlington or Texas. Some some a state or city owns. Believe it or not, <laughs> the stadium that the Cowboys uh, play in. That's just how it works when you do a private public partnership. Uh, there's 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 reasons why um, you know the, the state. Uh, wants to be a part of it because they're going to be able to reap rewards year round, and I'm going to get into why this is such an important um, 
development, not just for the Raiders, because obviously you, if you're the Raiders, you want all your 65,000 fans in there making life difficult for the other team. And, and obviously there's revenue streams that, are, that the Raiders are going to be able to now tap back into uh, once the stadium opens in a way that they've never been able to do uh, previously. This is a whole new world for the Raiders uh, as far as what the benefits that they're going to reap, the financial benefits that they're going to reap uh, from playing at Allegiant Stadium and then be able to invest back into uh, the team, but for the state and city, it's a whole other issue because you're going to have a, a full calendar year of events at Allegiant Stadium. And what does that mean? People coming into town, buying tickets, staying at the hotels, going to the casinos, eating at the restaurants, drinking at the bars. Uh, that's going to be a. This stadium is going to be a huge component uh, of um, you know of this state's uh, um, budget and 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 you know the, the financial aspect of this cannot be. Ignored. We're going to get into that a little bit more because I think there's always a misconception by the short-sighted people that are out there. Uh, and yes, I'm talking to you, Oakland, and you know, in San Diego, uh, of of not thinking things through logically about doing a stadium partnership because all you're focused on, some people, uh, are the eight games <laughs> that are there. Well, if you play your cards right and make that stadium work for you on a full calendar year. It can be a focal point for the local community. And yes, you should be able to make a lot of money uh, as a state, as a city, uh, tapping into that if you're doing it correctly and have the foresight and intelligence and imagination uh, to make that work for you. And I think they are here in Las Vegas. We're going to get back to that uh, in just a second. Joe, I appreciate the call. Uh, never be a stranger. You know that. But we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line. Uh, Sam Gordon, my good friend from Las Vegas Review Journal, not just friend, but my teammate uh, over at the Review Journal. And you can follow, uh, uh, get, you know, read all his stuff at Vegas Nation, download the app Vegas Nation, or go to uh, VegasNation.com, Las Vegas Review Journal, um, read all of his stuff. Uh, and, and Sam, first of all, thanks for spending some time with us uh, in the huddle. Um, we saw over the weekend uh, Bill Hornbuckle, uh, the CEO uh, of, of MGM, uh, also Mark Bedane, uh, the president and CEO of, of the Raiders, talk in very hopeful terms about come football season this year, Allegiant Stadium being open for, you know, and operating at 100% capacity. Uh, it, it's such good news, and it goes well beyond just the Raiders being able to pack that stadium uh, and, and, and have a home field that they envision. It goes so much further than that. And, you, you know, you've been here in Las Vegas for a while. Maybe if you can shed some light on why this is so important uh, for, for everybody here and why everyone has a vested interest in that stadium uh, reopening. Yeah, Vinny. Well, first and foremost, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, always a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure. But, um, yeah, this, I mean, this is, the pandemic had such a, a massive effect on every market, right? Every, everywhere in the world. I mean, this was a, a global pandemic, unlike anything we've seen in our lifetime, right? So with, with I want to want to get that out of the way first and foremost. But, but then when you talk about Las Vegas, you're talking about a city where the economy um, is based around tourism and, and hospitality, where that is the basis of this economy. That is what makes this place go. And this was, I mean, you remember what it was like, you know, a, a year ago, it was a ghost town. I mean, it was, it was devastating seeing how quiet the town was, seeing how everything was empty, seeing how the different hotels and the different companies that owned hotels, uh, ha how many workers they had to furlough and just the way that the city shut down. And um, in, in the last couple months in particular, uh, with the rollout of the vaccine, with some, some of those things, uh, for the first time in a long time, what I think you're starting to see, like, it's a light at the end of the proverbial tunnel, right? It was so 
I mean, it was such an arduous year, but when you, when you hear Hornbuckle talk that, okay, there are, there are going to be fans, there's, there's a possibility for full, full capacity at Allegiant Stadium, it, that, that to me is like the metaphorical you know, kind of end of the road of this, this year-long journey that we've been on as a city, as a community, as a world together. And, um, and to your point, Vinny, I mean, this is, this is Vegas, right? You have marquee shows, you have marquee events, right? You have everything kind of under the sun that you can imagine, but for the longest time, this city didn't have a stadium that could house events of a certain caliber, right? Like when Beyonce goes on tour, she's not doing MGM Grand, like Grand Garden. She's doing stadium shows. Now you can get an artist of that magnitude. Uh, these fights, these super mega fights, I mean, Canelo Alvarez is fighting Billy Joe Saunders down in Dallas at AT&T Stadium. Uh, that fight could, ha- could happen here. A fight of that magnitude could happen here. You, you talk about UFC, there, there might be a mega fight coming up with, with, with John Jones and Francis McGonagall. We certainly hope so at, at some point in time. Well, what better spot than Allegiant Stadium? I mean, Final Fours, WrestleMania, you name it. Uh, having the stadium opened up is, is going to do so much more than, than just – um, than just provide a fun atmosphere on, on, on Sunday on Sunday afternoons here in Las Vegas. I mean, it, it really, uh, I think, is going to change the landscape of the economy. That's part of the reason that, that, that we were able to get the Raiders in town here and we were able to get that stadium built is for all the economic benefits that the city missed out on because of the pandemic. And then just from a football perspective, uh, I mean, you remember those games? You know, it felt like sometimes we were watching practice and, and those tense moments just didn't feel that tense without having 65,000 strong being a part of the experience. Uh, sports are... Football in particular, I mean, all sports, they're for spectators. They're for uh, communities, for fan bases to be a part of. And, and the idea, the mere thought of that happening is, uh, for me, is super exciting. And, you know, I want to uh, be clear. You know, I'm, I'm optim- cautiously optimistic is the word I'm, I'm using. I mean, I think all the signs are, are pointing in the proper direction. But, but this pandemic's been crazy to begin with, so you never know what's going to happen. But just in general, man, like having, having the stadium here, having all those events, having Vegas back, having Vegas really be back, could not be better news for the city, and uh, and they're the light. We're starting to see the light, and it's it's really exciting. Well, in addition to all the other brilliance that you just dropped on us, uh, kudos for your brilliant use of the word metaphorical. Um, very, very. Uh, once you just dropped that, I was like mesmerized after that. It just flowed. Oh man, thank you, Vinny. After that, uh, the wordsmith that Sam Gordon is, and by the way, you could follow him uh, at by Sam Gordon uh, on on Twitter. He does a tremendous job. Um, in, uh, in Raider coverage, UNLV coverage, uh, boxing, uh, UFC, uh, the man does it all. And, uh, and, and he's absolutely right when, when, when you start talking about, you know, I come from Los Angeles, so there were many venues where big yep. concerts would happen. There were times where you 2 would be playing at the Rose Bowl, um, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and there was a, another huge act. Uh, the boss, uh, Bruce Springsteen, was playing at the Coliseum, yeah. like, you know, just a few miles away. And, and it just showed you, like, wow, what is available, um, you know, when you have those type of venues. And here comes Las Vegas now uh, with one of the premier venues. And along with – and you think about it, Sam, on the West Coast. And I consider Nevada the West Coast. Uh, I'm just going to call it that. Uh, but in the, in the – or let's just say the western part of the United States now. There's just three yep. of these type of venues. There's Phoenix. Now there's SoFi Stadium. And there's Allegiant Stadium. And when I say these type of venues, multi-purpose venues that you can, because of the roof element, uh, you can now have, like you just mentioned, concerts, Final Fours, uh, WrestleMania, the whole gamut. Because it's covered, uh, you're able now to have everything here. Uh, And, 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 you know, so, so... 
Las Vegas is going to be front and center in national championship games, in that rotation for everything. Uh, yeah. And it's just it's a game changer, and it's why Nevada had the had the imagination and the fortitude and the willingness to make the investment that they did uh, to be part of this. It wasn't just to bring the NFL here, which no doubt that's the game changer of all game changer changers when you're when you're thinking about you know being a sports town. Having the NFL is that's the cherry on top. It doesn't get any better than that. But everything else that it brings. Makes finance makes it make financial sense, and I give a, the state leaders and the Raiders a lot of cre- credit for coming up with a uh, with a, a, a brilliant plan. But Sam, I'm going to ask you this as I'm asking yeah. Raider Nation um, this question as well. Uh, again, we just went through a, an entire football season and sports season where fans just were either non-existent or very very minimal, and it was all these rules and regulations. So it just took away everything that fans really bring to the table. Um, what's the th- what did you miss most uh, last year oh. uh, going through that kind of a season? And what are you looking forward to most when we welcome back the fans in, in mass? Man, that is a great question, Vinny. Um, I think, I mean, just kind of, I mean, the game I keep going back to, and there were a number of really good games at Allegiant Stadium that we covered, right? There was the the the... Uh, the Dolphins game, which I mean, really exciting, very competitive, down to the wire with the kind of an unprecedented ending. There was the Chargers game that went to overtime, but the one I keep circling back to is Kansas City, right on Sunday Night Football, where it's a back and forth game where the, the Raiders are in a shootout where, with the eventual AFC champions and the defending Super Bowl champions, right with Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr trading touchdowns. Uh, I mean, all night long, and this was a showcase game on Sunday Night Football scheduled you know, way ahead of time to showcase Allegiant Stadium in that kind of spotlight against a premier opponent. And it just, as exciting as the game was, it just didn't feel like it was this marquee matchup, which it was at that time of the season, with with big-time quarterbacks and big-time high-level play. And the fans, the energy, having a packed stadium, I mean, that to me, that's what makes makes football special is, is right, it's, you have this three-hour game, but there's only like 10 minutes of actual playing time, and I think so much of the excitement is based on the anticipation in between plays, right? You, 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 you complete a long pass that sets up a third and three, and there's a buzz in the crowd. What's going to happen, right? You, can you get the big stop? Or can you force a punt? Or is Kansas City going to get the first down? And, and that energy, just experiencing that, it, for me, uh, personally as a journalist, that, you, that makes the, our jobs fun. Is when, when you have, yes, we're working, but, but we want – energetic atmospheres and atmospheres that make the games and make the events feel significant. And we just didn't have that. And, and we didn't have it all year long. And, and it was, it was the, the competitive games were still exciting, but it not close to where games that I've been to in the past have been. And then when you get into some of the more non-competitive games, like, like Tampa Bay or Indianapolis, it felt like practice at times late in the game, late in the fourth quarter where there's no noise, there's no energy, there's no nothing. It is, it is mundane, it is quiet, and it's just like, okay, you know, let's wrap this up now. So with that in mind, I, that's what I'm most excited for, is just the, the, having an energetic crowd be a part of the experience and to see what kind of impact that has on a franchise and on the team. This was, I mean, this was the Raiders, it was the Raiders' inaugural season in Las Vegas. This has been something that, I mean, you saw the Al Davis documentary that came out, Al Davis versus the NFL on ESPN in February. This was Al Davis's vision for 40 years, is getting a, a world-class stadium, and he finally gets it in the year it's supposed to open up. You can't, the fans can't even be a part of it. The, the fan base can't be part of it. So for me, I'm, I'm excited. That's what I'm most excited about is to see how Las Vegas 
really um, welcomes the Raiders and, and how Las Vegas really becomes a part of the NFL and a part of the NFL community. Because we didn't have that last year, and I know the city's excited, and I know the city is buzzing. I mean, we would see fans out in front of the practice facility who just wanted to be close to the action, just close to the Raiders somehow, and they couldn't do that with games. So um, with that in mind, I'm, I'm excited to see the way Las Vegas truly embraces the Raiders and how that relationship starts to form. And don't be so humble, Sam. They were there to see you, my friend, uh, those those fans uh, outside the facility at Henderson. We're talking to Sam Gordon, uh, my good friend over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon. Uh, and you're right. Um, you know, I as you were talking, I was thinking in my head, um, you know, I've been fortunate. I'm the luckiest guy on the face of the earth to do what I do. It's very insignificant in the whole scheme of things. I know that. But it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, and at times, it puts you in places that you would have never been in, um, you know, uh, uh, if, if, if you weren't so fortunate. And and I could just think of, you know, walking up to Staples Center for a Game 7 against, like, the Lakers and the Boston Celtics and feeling that kind of energy. You're going to the Coliseum, uh, you know, when, when Notre Dame's coming into town to play USC uh, with, with, a lot of, with a lot at stake, national things at stake, and feeling the energy – uh, of the stadium or, or a World Series game at Dodger Stadium. And, I, you know, I could, I could go on and on and on, but the one thing that football has over or the NFL has over all of those things is just the feeling of um, – it's like a community feel to it when you walk to a stadium, yeah. uh, into a stadium – through the parking lot and, you know, uh, the, however we have to make our way to where we have to get to, uh, you know, whether it, even if it's a, not a big game, but if it's a big game, it's, it goes to a whole other, a whole other level. But even on a, just a regular season game and smelling the barbecue and the, the you know, the, the uh, tailgating and the beer and the popcorn inside the stadium, people saying hello, you, you, you know, some people rec- might recognize you from Twitter or whatever, or you know them, and you stop by and say hello as they're tailgating, and it starts at the crack of dawn for a one o'clock mm-hmm. game. It's an all-day event, and, and it's just, it makes it so unique, and I can't wait for Las Vegas to really experience that part of it, Sam. Yeah, I'm with you, Vinny, and I was fortunate enough to grow up in a um, in an NFL market, right, Minneapolis, um, the Minneapolis area, and we had the Vikings, and you know, I went to a couple games when I was a kid, when I was younger, and uh, like you said, I mean, just the, the communal feel to it is, I mean, there's nothing quite like it, right? I mean, it's not just everybody at the game or at the stadium or tailgating in the parking lot or, or doing that thing. It's the restaurants. It's the bars. It's everything in town is, I mean, it, it's the whole city gathers for three hours to take part in this experience. And, you know, we talk about it all the time, and it's not, not necessarily new, but, like, sports are a great unifier of people and you can come from wherever and if you cheer for the same team as i cheer for we have something in common and and all our differences get put to the side for a little bit and i you know i'm i'm saying that again to use the word again metaphorically Vinny. i'm saying it that way um but yeah sports sports are such a great unifier and and i have a feeling just based on how the energy has changed in these last couple years with the rate with simply the idea of the raiders coming to town that the Raiders are going to have the same effect on this community, that you're going to see restaurants and bars packed. There's going to be Raider, Raider spots to hang out for Raider fans. If there's, and I'm, there already are already, but that, that's just going to continue to grow. And, um, and economically, like you said, it's going to be huge for the city. So uh, it, you're right. The NFL is different in that sense. And I think it's also different because you only get eight home games or eight or nine now that there's uh, 17. There's only good, but no more than nine home games during the season. And every game means so much. We know how the NFL is. I mean, it's. I mean, the every single week is a 
is a really, really, really big deal. And we, I don't think the community really got to feel that to the same degree that they normally would have if there wasn't a pandemic. And they're going to feel that next year. They're going to feel how important these division games are and get accustomed to the rivalries and, and, and get acquainted to what it's like to be part of an NFL Sunday. Um, I, I'm sure, of course, there are already football fans in town who have been to games and things like that. But for the city as a whole to, to come together and, and to get behind the Raiders, which is what I'm expecting, uh, I think it's going to make the community, you know, so, so Sundays in Vegas a really, really unique scene. And I just don't think we got that. It wasn't the same without fans. And, and this is, a, I mean, a real game changer that we're, that we're inching closer to that. It's, it's very, very um, exciting for the city. And it's, it has to be exciting for the franchise and everybody involved. Uh, Sam, I'm right there with you. I really appreciate the insight, uh, as always. Got to go pay some bills, unfortunately. Uh, you know I could talk to you forever uh, about all this stuff. Uh, thanks for stopping by uh, and spending some time with us in the huddle. I'll talk to you down the road, my friend. Anytime, Vinny. Talk to you soon. Take care. You got it, brother. That's Sam Gordon. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon uh, on Twitter. Does a phenomenal job, and I echo his statements. Um, it's I can't wait. I can't wait for this thing to be up and running the way uh, everybody envisioned it as. Even in my job, just being able to feel that energy, and I know I can't wait for the fans. You guys have been uh, chapping at the bit to get out there and be a part of it. I can't wait to see you guys uh, out at games. And that goes all the way across the country, wherever we go this year. Uh, covering the Raiders, but specifically here in Las Vegas, so that this town uh, can can experience that, and that Raider Nation has a place to come uh, on a uh, on eight you know nine weekends out of uh, out of the year uh, to to congregate together uh, and celebrate the team that they love. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a beautiful Monday uh, here in Las Vegas. Just love this kind of weather. You could just feel people just like time to get out, get out and about. Um, went down to the strip over the weekend um, and uh, took, took in the strip. Um, it was great seeing everybody. Uh, out and about, uh, went over to Summerlin. You guys, if you guys haven't been to Las Vegas, man, there's so much more to Las Vegas than the Strip. There's some really nice communities, Henderson, um, Summerlin, lots of great restaurants, lots of great things to do, lots of great walking trails. Mount Charleston um, is a place you can go hiking or skiing when the weather's right. It's just, it's 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 phenomenal. Uh, I'm just saying. And um, we're going to go real quick to, uh, thanks for joining us, by the way, in the Huddle Vinny Monster, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Very quickly, going to go talk to uh, Mitch in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Vinny, how you doing? I'm doing good, Boy, brother. You, you are so lucky. And when you say skiing, you mean war skiing, not snow skiing, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, both. There's actually there's lakes and there's snow, so uh, you could do both within hours of each other. Well, I would just stay within an hour circle. <laughs> if I was you. There you um, go. I know, 60 is a tough time. Um, let's see what, how it's going with baseball. See how it's going with baseball. I think they're doing it smartly. Still got to wear the mask. Hopefully everybody gets their shots. You might not feel so good because I got it over the weekend. Kind of feel like cattle, you know. I feel like a rat while getting my vaccine shot going to my new home. So hopefully this works out. Hopefully this country and this world can experience it again. But it'd be great to see a crowd. And it's hard to believe, like five years ago, LA only had one team. That was the Chargers. That was like that big prominent, you can see three teams. And one more thing also, I wish they don't go to 17. They should expand to four teams, mainly the three cities that lost their uh, teams and maybe Portland. I would think, 
I don't you say deservingly, but the fans deserve a team in Oakland, St. Louis, and San Diego. So I yeah, think, no, no, no question, call. Mitch. Um, uh, appreciate that. We're uh, unfortunately uh, up against it a little bit here, but yeah, I'll, I'm with you. Uh, the fans um, got caught in the middle on on all of those situations, um, and you know, uh, I feel for the Sands fans in Oakland. I feel for the fans in St. Louis. I feel for the fans uh, in San Diego. Um, but um, in a couple of those situations, um, you know, I, and and you know, I don't say this frivolously, but there was a lack of leadership. Uh, at the highest levels that allowed teams to just ex- exhaust all their options trying to get something done willingly and um, you know uh, at, want, out of want they, nobody wanted to leave the Raiders didn't want to leave the Bay Area the Chargers didn't want to leave San Diego um, they just exhausted all of their options and it got to a point where it just wasn't happening and uh, I, I I blame it primarily on leadership especially up in the bay area where i know that the raiders uh, went to every length to try to make that work they they did all they they were and they were creative in how they were going about it they knew that they weren't going to get you know any tax help uh there were other ways that they and, and creative ways that they brought to the table uh to the city and the county uh up in the bay area to get things done and it just they kept met meeting with brick wall after brick wall after brick wall it didn't help also uh, that there was cha- constant changes in leadership so it was starting and starting stopping starting stopping starting a new starting point uh and you know it, it is what it is uh but they found uh, a great partner here in nevada and both the nfl the raiders and the state of nevada and the city of las vegas are going to benefit from that you're in the huddle with vinnie monster brought to you by tequila and Bahador.